dreams, which we all recognize. We never know what's going to happen next. We think we're in charge 10 seconds from now. None of us in this room know what we're going to be thinking or saying. So who the fuck's in charge? <laughs> That's one kind of lesson. It creates a politics of fear. Utterly brutal and ruthless. Atrocity generating situations. The intent here is to Nearly incomprehensible weapons of massive destruction. Innovation would be awake at night. Would be uh, sleeping during the daytime. You really begin to feel that you don't know that you're just going through the motions. Go shopping. Go back to the mall. Go back to your normal lives. We'll take care of us. Hey, what's up, guys? So, you know, like the sample said, uh, Happy New Year's. You know, I'm once again, I'm sorry and apologies for you know, getting to the party too late. But, you know, I have a good excuse, like always, because I always have an excuse. But today, as you're listening to this new episode, it is your pal Unk's birthday. So, happy birthday! Thank you very much. Thank you. Back streets, back, all right. And, I, you know, I want, I'll get into my birthday and all that. But let's get into what I did on New Year's um, because it's ha- it's like a hybrid of interesting and boring all at the same time. So um, I don't know what you all did for New Year's. I hope it was good. And I hope the start of this new year, 2022, goes smoothly. It's been going smoothly for you. I'm predicting a year that shows more like more symptoms into our, you know, ongoing dystopian future. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic, but uh, on new year's Eve, I was actually working on this episode because I had other plans. Like I was working on other things and this episode frantically trying to finish things, procrastinating and then stressing myself out as always. And uh, I figured, I was like, well, if I'm going to work on this podcast, I need more nicotine than what I currently have. Because I figured if my if my disposable uh, little vape cartridge starts like runs out, I'm going to lose my mind. So I had to head over to my trusty vape store and, um, you know, re up. So I went to this place. It's it's become my like new favorite vape store. Uh, I think it's called something ridiculous, like Al Goody's smoke shop. It looks like a, 
a store that you would mosey on in in like Grand Theft Auto or something. And the reason I love this place so much is it's like a, a shady tobacco shop and it's got all, you know, cartons of cigarettes and some vape products, really shitty bongs, like no percolators on these like 90s technology bongs. There's some glass Douglases and Pookies. There's some, uh, you know, eyebrow piercings and some big dick pills even. <laughs> It's like, and some cigars, maybe Cubans are kind of, it looks like a semi shady head shop and they have my vape supplies. So I go there and they even had my vape supplies during this whole vape shortage we've had here locally or recently, because I guess the docks in Los Angeles have been so backed up with shipments and they haven't been able to, you know, sort through them all that vape supplies have a lot of vape stores have been you know unavailable to restock their shelves so this is the only place i knew that had these uh what are flume vapes so that already raised suspicion but <laughs> the owner he's always there he's only he won't employ anyone he's the only one that works there and he's super russian and I like to make up this backstory that he used to work for the Russian mob and now he's laying low and like he has to launder money in his very seedy vape store. So I love this guy. I always buy vapes off of him. So anyway, I go there and I walk in and I, you know, I notice someone in the corner of the parking lot hanging out with a crusty punk and I was like, Oh yeah, some crusty punk. Okay. I probably used to hang out with this guy maybe, but so I don't think anything of it. I buy my vape and I go out of the store and I hear, Hey Brian. <laughs> and I look up and uh, I was like, huh? And it's this girl hanging out with the crusty punk. And I was like, Oh, it's, um, uh, it's this girl. I didn't really necessarily date her. I'll just say things were complicated <laughs> with her. You know what that means. So I was like, hey, what's going on? And she walks up and the crusty punk kind of walks up and he never gets introduced to me. Thank God. He looks kind of like a faux wannabe crusty punk. And I was really judging and gatekeeping over him based on his appearance. Like, you know, how crusty punk are you really? Have you licked your own puke up? off the ground because my crusty punk friends used to do that <laughs> like come on so <clears throat> we start talking and I find out because last time I talked to this girl she had finished like a drug program I think and she had just moved out of a sober living house into her own place and she was like smoking weed but that was it and so <laughs> upon talking to this girl she was like yeah yeah, I'm fucking around doing clear and you know what clear is. It's the, it's crystal. So, and, uh, she was like, yeah, and I got shrooms and blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, I was like, oh my goodness. And so we start talking and it, you know, it turns out I had actually blocked her on messenger, which is a great feature because instead of, you know, blocking someone entirely forever off of Facebook, you can just give them a little timeout and block them on messenger. And then you can unblock them and you can resume conversations when it's safe to do so. I think I had done so 
And in her response to that, she blocked me <laughs> entirely. So, uh, she was like, yeah, I was like, let, hit me up sometime. And she's like, oh, I don't have a phone. <laughs> I was like, oh no, that's not a good sign. And, uh, so she's like, well, look, uh, can you give me a ride in like 20 minutes? And I was like, well, how am I going to do that? You don't have a phone and you blocked me. <laughs> and so she's like, well, I'll unblock you and, uh, you know, unblock me on messenger and then I'll hit you up and you can give me a ride. And I was like, cause that, my plan was to go home and eat food and vape nicotine and consume you know, caffeinated beverages and work on this podcast. But <clears throat> I hadn't seen this girl in a while and she had blocked me. So, and I thought, you know what? <laughs> Step 12. I haven't, you know, gonna did, I haven't done a good deed for others in a while. So, um, I was like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. So she, I, I go off to, you know, make food and I guess she goes and ditches the crusty punk and she hits me up and, uh, she's like, yeah, come pick me up. I'm on the corner of what if so-and-so and so-and-so. And I, I go pick her up all the while I'm heading over there. She's messaging me like, yeah, I got these mushrooms for sale. Do, do, do. And I'm already thinking, all right, this isn't going to make me paranoid because I don't want to drive around with this girl who was so naive and with got mushrooms on her. And she could be, who knows what else she has on her. It's just, it's not, if you're in recovery, don't put yourself in these situations is what I'm saying. It's just not good for you. And it wasn't good for me, but I did it anyway for the stuff, I guess the story. And so I pick her up and I'm driving her to her house because I'm thinking, oh, so she can get home safely on New Year's. <laughs> and so I'm like, so what have you been up to? Were you still dating so-and-so? And she's like, oh, no. Well, like, <laughs> she's like, yeah, I broke it off with him. And then he showed up to my place with a bat and like was like all yelling and screaming and swinging the bat. And me and my roommates had to be like, get Stop swinging the bat. <laughs> uh, good times, you know? And so um, I was like, oh, God, it doesn't sound very safe. And she's like, yeah, I don't even like hanging out at my apartment because my roommates don't even pay rent. It's been like six months and they haven't paid rent. And I'm like, well, are you, aren't you working still? Haven't, how have you been paying rent? And she's like, oh, we've been hustling. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. And so you know, I opt out of the offer to do mushrooms with her, which good thing I did because I have, <laughs> I've uh, run around with her before and I just know what kind of adventures that, I don't know, is subjectable to. And uh, it can lead you into not so fun adventures, <laughs> you know, jail time. So I ended up dropping her off. Oh, by the by the way, at one point she was like, oh, do you have a hotspot on your phone? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, can I use it? And I was like, sure. So I turned my hotspot on and she busts out this giant ghetto laptop and she starts messaging all these people on her messenger. I was like, you are just leaving breadcrumbs everywhere. What the fuck do you think? I don't know. Anyway, if the, if this podcast was sponsored by a VPN, I would say 
that's why you should be you know using this VPN that's this you know podcast sponsor but not yet I can dream we'll be we'll get there one day so I dropped uh, this girl off and I went home and that was that and thankfully I'm still just I had it was just boring and now I've just been working and uh and kind of ignoring the fact that it's my birthday or leading up to my birthday because I'm at the age, the ripe age of I won't even say because it's the age where you kind of want to ignore the fact that you're just getting older because then every birthday isn't like, oh, celebration. It's, oh, my God, I haven't done this. I need to do this. I need to accomplish this. I'm so behind. So the whole month has been me building this year plan of mine so that next birthday of mine, I can like be more satisfied and be like, oh, I've accomplished more than the years have gone by. Right. Um, so anyway, I want to get into the episode, but I first also want to announce the winners of the podcast or the giveaway. I'm sorry, because like I said, I was going to announce the winners and I was going to play their stories that they sent in. And I'm happy to announce that I've just received like an email or a message confirmation back from both. It was Billy and Caitlin who both won the giveaway. And they've both, you know, sent me a a message or an email saying that they've received their hoodies that I sent them. So that's, you know, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, now I can play their stories uh, which I might, I will say they're great stories. And to both Billy and Caitlin, thank you for the kind words you had to say at the end of your stories. That meant like a lot to me. I really appreciate that. Um, so what I'm going to probably know what I will do for this episode, because I had a lot of recordings kind of saved up that led to nowhere, really, that still had some golden nuggets of content or stories in them. So I, instead of just trashing like a a whole recording, I kind of sifted through recordings that I knew were not going to get released. And I cut out a few, uh, like I said, golden nuggets here and there. So I feel like I'm going to play this episode kind of like it's a dream sequence mix, if you will, and splice in, um, all these different stories. I, there was one I did with Carla who was recently on the podcast, my ex-girlfriend. I have one with Marcus that never got, he was also recently on the podcast and this story with him wasn't uploaded. And then there was a recording I did with Marcus and the porch pirate who is actually going to be on the next upcoming episode. And then And the three of us did a recording. It led to nowhere, except there was one really embarrassing, super embarrassing story that I told that it was just too funny that I had to, you know, let you all hear and uh, endure. So I'm going to kind of splice my stories with, you know, Billy and Caitlin's story and then my other recordings that I've done with friends And then I I believe I have a little, not announcement, but a little outro. I want to kind of express a few things about the podcast and where it's going and where I want it to head. 
So with that, I don't want to rant too much longer. But anyways, just want you guys to know that I'm doing pretty damn good. One more thing, since it is my birthday right now, as you're listening to this, I will ask you for one favor as a birthday present. Spotify recently updated their feature for podcasts. You can now give podcasts on Spotify a up to a five-star rating. And this is a new feature. And I thought, what is a great, a great way for anybody who wants to, you know, make me feel special on my birthday. If you could go to Spotify and give this podcast you know, the Nod Squad podcast, a five-star rating or the best rating possible, that would be really great and for me, and I would really appreciate it. So um, thank you ahead of time. Or if you want to send an email or if you want to give a review on iTunes, I would love that as well. So anyway, for the rest of my birthday, I'm just going to relax and maybe eat, uh, overeat food and... uh, ignore the fact that it's my birthday. So with that, I'm out, but I love you guys. Thank you for everything and peace, love, all the above. Initiate dream sequence. Have you ever had a dream that, that you, um, you had, you, you, you could, you do. I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. something you know that uh that midi controller that uh i almost sold you there was the uh the akai mpk oh yeah yeah, yeah. i remember that one i got that controller uh i got that controller when i did my first harvest for the when i was growing weed right so and I was nervous as fuck. Like I had just successfully grew my first harvest of weed. And, uh, you know, I was good friends with this one dispensary off of uh, La Brea in Hollywood. It was called La Brea Collective. I'm, I don't even know if they're in business. Any of you weed smokers out there, you know, go check them out if they're still around. And they were great. They were cool. I was like, every time I'd go in for to, to buy dabs or whatever, and I'd be like, hey, I've been growing weed in my closet, you know, if when it's done, why don't I show you a little bit? And maybe if you like it, you guys, I can vend it to you guys and I, you know, unload it for some money. And they're like, yeah, as soon as you're done with their harvest, as as soon as you're done drying and curing it, bring it by. And so I was like stoked because then I called them and I was like, hey, it's me. It's Unc. I got, I don't even know how much weed it was. It was a little, it was a little over a QP, right? It was like between a QP and a half pound. But it was more towards the QP side. So I'm sketched out because it's at night and I'm driving around with this big bag of like weed and uh, in a backpack. And so I go in and I'm and the security guard's fucking huge. He looks like, you know, he would he probably killed people before, you know, (laughs) you never know. (laughs) Like literally like 
this dispenser, I would talk to them and they, they, one time I showed up and when they're at a different building and I was like, what's up guys. And they're like, Oh, uh, so-and-so our old, you know, that security guard, you know, that's always been working. He got, we they, like someone tried to rob us and they yeah. shot him and he's dead. And I was like, Oh no, so-and-so's dead. I don't want to say his name, but they're huh. like, he's dead. And I was, cause people were robbing, uh, back in the day when prop two fifteen was only just around, it was only medicinal. Uh, there were just so many fucking dispensaries getting robbed and broken into. I mean, it kind of makes sense, you know, nowadays, especially with it not being as widespread as it was before. Dude, I just remember. Well, like, back then it was more of the Wild West, but like nowadays it's more regulated, I'd say, in the States. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like the Walmart of weed here. Oh, OK. If, I got you. If you want, you know, weed, yeah. you know. But back then it was like I, I was running a uh delivery service in Pasadena and Altadena and I was running one in um, Redondo Beach and two of my drivers both got uh, robbed at gunpoint when they were trying to drop Damn. off sacks of weed and I was like dude I was the manager I didn't own the fucking business so I was like what the fuck do I do my two of yeah. my drivers got robbed and they're like they um they're trying to drop off like a some guy working and this is when you were trimming at the time right or growing it at the time you were saying I was growing but I was also managing phones for a delivery service yeah. and I was helping with the store wait what was the delivery service for was it for that or was it for just weed for, yeah for weed? It was, oh, okay. it was, I got you well in past so it was it wasn't like it was a delivery for service for food and then you just like, no, hey, yo, you want some weed on the side with this that? This was decade. <laughs> this was over a decade ago, man. Um, Damn. So like, uh, no, it it was in Pasadena. You could not have a storefront. That, okay. that part of L.A., no storefronts but delivery services. So we had one there and we had one in Redondo Beach. Mm -hmm. And like they would show up, um, these guys, my drivers, they would drive with large amounts of weed on them. And I would say, look, don't drive around with that much fucking product on. Yeah, no your way, being, especially you know? with the. Uh, yeah, you don't want to do that. How much was a charge then for that? For what? For, for if you were to get caught with like maybe like a pound. Um, it's it was such a gray area that it's hard to say. Um, mm -hmm. and it depends on. Well, it was like a decade ago. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. I got busted and I had a shit ton of product in the car. Yeah, it wasn't a pound, but I had a bunch. And see, I had a bunch of flour, but it was all jarred up in in little eighth yeah, or four yeah, gram jars. You. And then I had all these grams. Were they just in like nuggets, like huge nuggets at the time? Do it for like ace. Well, they're pretty big nugs. I mean, yeah. I, I boasted my bud, you know. Yeah. But uh, we also had these gram uh, plastic dab containers, and we had edibles, and I would move uh, like inventory from uh, the store in Ven in Venice. Do you guys ever make your own hash out of the? I mean, I I didn't worry about that. I worried about just running the business, you know. But because. You know, the owners dealt with the vendors and they didn't have to press their own hash. We were getting free samples of hash left and right. I used to press hash with a friend of mine when I was trimming. I was getting shatter hash edibles there. Everyone would be like, dude, try, try these edibles and then, you know, be a vendor. I'll be a vendor for you. And I was just like, whatever. But um, I would tell the drivers, yeah. Don't drive with a lot of product. You are. So-and-so well, already got robbed, you know? Yeah. And that was. How many his, people was it that you had? We had two two drivers down there, and then we had uh, three to four drivers in Pasadena. And I started I started out as a driver, and then I worked my way up the ranks. And then uh, I was helping out at the store in Venice. And then while the store in Venice was moving into a bigger building, they were like, "Okay, we need." Wait, in Venice, what's the place called? 
it's not it's not in business anymore. Oh, you got it. Okay, I got yeah, you. not even the delivery service in business anymore. I think they sold it to someone else. Or this is way long. I still have the business card in my wallet. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's called Quality Green Delivery. <laughs> How much stuff do you got? Oh no, you know it's kind of personal. How much stuff you got in your wallet? <laughs> How much what do I got in my wallet? Well, you say you got a car that's like 10 years old. It makes me wonder what other things that you got in your wallet. I probably got a condom that's even older in my wallet, you know? You don't know. Probably used one. (laughs) Why would I put a used condom in my wallet, sir? I throw it out the window. Well, I don't know where you're, where, what part of Amazon you're buying your condoms from, but, but anyway, what was I saying? Yeah, dude, um. I told him don't drive because when I would drive, I didn't want to drive around with a lot of product because okay. I would be sketched the fuck out. And so um, but they wouldn't fucking listen to me because mm-hmm. and not only that, like the customers that call on the phone, some of them were fucking assholes. They'd just be like, I want my joint. God damn it. And so and Gosh, go get yourself a cup of coffee. N- or something, or, or, yeah, or a, a joint to prepare you for the joint you can't afford to buy. Like I had this dude, I had this one guy, and he would always demand free joints because he's like, I, he would call super drunk, yeah. and he'd be like, I'm a fucking loyal customer, and I always fucking only fucking call you guys, and blah blah. blah. The least you could do is send one of your fucking drivers to give me a free fucking joint because I'm waiting for my. You know, I don't know, and. I, yeah. I, so I'd call the owners and I'd be like, dude, this guy won't stop calling and, and demanding free weed. And so if most of the time they'd be like, yeah, just send one of the drivers and give them a joint. Like it's fucking, fucking dirt weed anyway. Like who cares? Yeah. And so, but after a while I was like, dude, I do not want to fucking bow down to this. Who, who the fuck is this guy? Who does he think he is? So. Um, and this is a day I'm running the phones and one of my drivers calls in sick. So now I'm not only uh, like running like two phones, a phone for each delivery service. I'm also driving around and delivering the orders for for Pasadena. So I'm like busy as fuck doing the job of two people, but making a bunch of money. And this guy won't stop calling me and drunk and demanding fucking weed. He's like slurred. And so... I was like, at first I was like, no, fuck you. I'm not bringing you weed. Who the fuck do you think you are? I'm busy. I got eight other deliveries to go to. You're like all the way across town, you know? And he's like, oh, I'm going to call your owner. I know him personally. And so I, I call the owner first and I'm like, yeah, th- dude, this guy's calling again. And kind of let him know what's up. Just like, hey, you know, if this dude calls, you know, yeah, this guy yeah. said he's going to call you now. And he's like, he doesn't have my number. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he's just drunk making a fucking. I uh, hate people like that, man. Like, really, what makes you get your panties such in a while that you need to go and call somebody when I'm just tr- here trying to do my job and I'm actually doing it? It's, it's not it, even the fact that I'm not doing it. It's the fact that I am doing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> such, in, <laughs> such entitlement, you know? But I wasn't taking it very seriously because, like, I I was demanded by my bosses to, to get stoned out of my mind, you know? <laughs> they were like... You're getting a free eighth of flour and a free gram of concentrate like wax like every week and you have to smoke it all. And I want to report at like at the uh, end of the week, like saying what you thought of like Durban poison or whatever the fuck. So, yeah. But uh, so finally, I, he's like, yeah, you should probably just give him a joint or just give him our shittiest weed. And it was called it had a horrible name. I don't even remember what it was called, but it sounded like you don't want to smoke this weed, <laughs> you know. So um, 
I was like, all right, we're going to give you an eighth of the Akuna Matata or something. (laughs) So I'm driving and I'm driving up to this dude's house and, um, I'm like, all right, where's this dude at? And, uh, I'm driving by his apartment and there's two cop cars parked out in front of his complex. Oh fuck. And uh no shit. I perfect fucking timing. I'm driving by them detaining him. He's got his shirt off. He's wearing these like board shorts and flip-flops and he's Oh, just, do you think he was freaking out beforehand? Like in the sense of like whatever was going on for them to like get the he cops was, called. He was on. freaking out about something because he must have gotten had the cops called on him. And then um He's just like screaming. He's like, oh, you, I don't know. This isn't the last of me or something. Something fucking. You want, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I was just like, oh, I guess he's not getting his free uh, yeah. eighth of Kuna Matata. Hey, you know what that reminds me of? What? My sister just recently sent a meme of this dude who basically robbed a bank for a Hot Pocket. You seen that? You heard about that? And the dude was on the news going up to him, like literally. And he says, so what do you, what do you feel like you need to rob the bank for? What do you go in there for? He's like, to get a Hot Pocket. Yeah. And my- he's like, what the? Like you, dude, you decided you're to go hungry, dude. I've seen, I know <laughs> my friend. I just I had told a story recently, and it was about my friend Joaquin, and he broke into Subway, blackout drunk, and just started making a sandwich. And the cops rolled up on him. Yeah, yeah, you didn't give a fuck. I mean, he, this was high school and shit, but whatever. The dude know. was like 48 years old. This video. Dude, okay, <laughs> I gotta tell you about this. Okay, um, did you hear? Because there's a local pizza. There's a local pizzeria here. There's a local chain in each little town and borough around here, and it's called Pizza. Oh, gosh, man. Hey, yo, I almost uh, got hired over there, actually. I was going to work work there. They're so busy. And, you know, as far as pizza goes, I'm sure everyone on the East Coast would trash this pizza place, but it's all we got. I mean, what? There's other stuff other than that. You got round table. You also got. I haven't like, had round table in a while. You know? Round table's not too bad. But yeah. the Domino's here is trash because the kids that work there don't know how to work a fucking oven. Like if they could, they really don't. If they knew how to work the oven, it would not be that bad of a pizza. But these fucking little booger fucking picking kids, you do you press the fucking button and you put I don't know half of them are high anyways when they show yeah up. I can't blame I whatever well, well, you know, if if I was that age working at Domino's I wouldn't give a fuck about pizza either so yeah these guys I remember just saying oh you know well at the same time they get paid so little amount for making fucking pizzas are like and the guys who are actually driving are the ones who are making the money anyways yeah but their car is taking the brunt of the damage and you know um oh. So, yeah, there's no Pizza Hut. There's fucking, you know, there's a couple uh, places in the village that are good. But but the most popular place is and there's one in every town. So, uh, a while, like last year, what, the owner of the in Atascadero, I, th- I believe, uh, was arrested because he tried to rob the in Paso Robles. <laughs> Yo, I heard about that. No, straight, <laughs> straight up, no. I saw that on the news. It was like this huge ordeal for like a minute. Like, really, dude? I, I I guess it's a different owner at the in the other town, but I don't know what the fuck this guy was th- dude, thinking. Dude, that's just but weird. apparently he was a cocaine addict and like he has made, he had a relationship with like some stripper and he's like addicted to coke and he's like, man, I need more cocaine to like satisfy this stripper who I want to marry. I will rob the other f- pizzeria <laughs> owned by my friend across town. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you thinking? You have to be really strung out on Coke, but I don't know. 
I mean, I've never see, this is what I'll say. If I ever was in a position of power during my addiction, I could totally see myself abusing that power. Like, you know, what if you just had like that? If I was strung out and I had like, I don't know, my own pizzeria or fucking who knows, you know, I could probably see myself like abusing my pizza power, you know, for to maintain my fucking dude, drug what, habit. What power do you? What power do you have as a pizza Bro, owner, dude? When you're a drug addict, <laughs> you will find a way to well, use any and yeah, everything I to get your that, advantage. But it's fucking pizza, dude. Bro, I would be like, dude. Uh, I don't know. I'd 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 be like telling my plug, I got you on free pizza, and I'd be like, can I trade this pizza for some fucking, you know, fucking po- point of fucking time? I mean, I get you got something. The pizza's not that great to like trade for some coke or something like that. You know what I'd probably do? I'd probably just end up selling drugs through my uh, drug mule uh, pizza delivery drivers, and then I would get in trouble. Or I just call up Donatello. Why am I fucking snitching on myself, dude? These are genius ideas. Okay, all right. Um. Well, I was talking about pizza, and I got fucking... My ADD threw me... Okay, fatties, yeah. Yeah. Okay, all right. Touchy subject, so whatever. Let's not talk about the... Scandal anymore. Caitlin from Salt Lake. Um, <laughs> I feel weird sending this in because I hate how my voice sounds recorded. Um, I feel weird as fuck talking to myself, but whatever. I sent this to you in an email a long time ago, but it might actually be better if I just tell you the story myself. So back in 2016, right before this happened, I was friends with benefits with this guy. Let's call him Tyler. <laughs> It should also be noted that we have two kids together at the time. An incident happened at my house after we had gone out drinking. Some dude started talking shit to him and trying to start a fight. So he was in a really shitty mood. The dude ended up getting kicked out of the bar, and we left a bit after that. But um, we went home to my house, and Tyler was blacked out trying to leave, and I didn't want him to go out and get in trouble, you know? (laughs) So I was using a little bit of physical force to keep him in my room. And after a little bit, he got fed up and shoved me out of the way. You know, I can't blame him, whatever. (laughs) But I followed him and tried to reason with him and he wasn't making any sense. So I just left him in the street. I, what what can you do, right? (laughs) So I went home and just hoped that he wouldn't go do any dumb shit and get arrested. He came back a few minutes later because he needed to get his laptop and some other things from me. But my dumb bitch neighbor (laughs) that lived upstairs called the cops and Tyler ended up getting arrested. They found coke on him that I'm pretty sure was planted by the pedophile drug dealer that lived with my upstairs neighbor. That's another story for another day, but fuck that guy. (laughs) He ended up going to jail 
and he was charged with domestic violence because he defended himself against me. I went to court and tried to get the charges dropped or reduced or whatever, but they they wouldn't let me do that. And Tyler ended up taking a plea in abeyance, and they put him on probation for a couple of years. And they also, they got a court order stating that we couldn't have any contact with each other. Of course, we didn't listen to that. Fuck a court order. <laughs> so fast forward maybe like a month. Um, we'd been texting and stuff and hanging out even though we weren't supposed to. I was really into Molly back then. I mean, I always have been, but I was getting it pretty regularly around then. So we decided to roll at his house one night. And Tyler lived with his dad. He had a room in the basement, and it had no windows, and it had this weird, like, closet thing under the stairs that didn't have a door, and there was a mirror on the wall opposite the stairs, and the door from the garage that goes into the house opens right onto the stairs above Tyler's room, and there's only one bathroom, which was upstairs next to Tyler's dad's room. This is all important for later. <laughs> um, so... I got all my shit, got my molly, got my clothes, all that stuff, and took a bus and a train to meet up with Tyler because neither of us had a car, and we just hung out in the neighborhood until his dad went somewhere. I don't even remember where he went. That's not really important. But um, <laughs> we went inside and got everything set up, and uh, yeah, so I'm not supposed to be at his house, <laughs> but we were just going to keep quiet and hope that he didn't hear anything. So... Dude comes home, and we hear the floor that's, you know, above his room, and Tyler tells me to go hide in the closet. So his dad comes downstairs to talk to him, and I had to try to hide in the closet. Like, there's a fucking mirror in front of me, and the door to the bedroom opens facing the mirror, so there's no way he didn't see me. And there was also a bunch of stuff piled into the closet, so... Yeah, it was loud as shit. I really, I don't know. All the plausible deniability went out the window. But he didn't say anything, so we continued our night after he went to bed. And I can't say how much Molly we took, but it was a lot. Some people microdose, we macrodose. Somewhere around probably one and a half grams each throughout the night, if I had to guess. After it had kicked in a bit, I slipped into another reality. <laughs> I reached into a bag of popcorn and threw a few pieces into my mouth, but I was slammed back into reality when I got hit with a bitter battery taste and realized that I had just thrown all the capsules of Molly into my mouth. We laughed about it. Both of us tend to fucking lose our minds when we roll. There was another time when we rolled at a hotel and did the slip into another dimension thing. We were laying on the bed and scrolling through Facebook and <laughs> Tyler tried to show me something on his Facebook and right as he tried to show me, he realized that he didn't have a phone like at all and mine was across the room. So we're just, you know, just chilling on the bed, hallucinating that we're looking at our phones. <laughs> but yeah, that, that same night though, we were like several hours into it rolling our balls off, naked and sweaty, and just enjoying it. And <laughs> we didn't have access to the toilet without risking his dad fucking catching us. So we were peeing in a cup and dumping it into the cat's litter box. It's gross, but we didn't really have a lot of options. And at one point, Tyler got up to pee, 
and I noticed he was taking a long time. So I looked over at him and he's just standing in the closet holding the cup. And I kind of figured he might be, you know, in another dimension or whatever. He, I asked him if he was okay. And he turned and looked at me with this thousand yard stare. Like the lights are on and somebody's home, but not in the right house. <laughs> and I asked him a second time if he was okay. And he looked me dead in the face and he's like, no, thanks. That's everything. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> and then I notice him staring at the cup and I could see the gears turning in his head and I asked him what he was doing. He didn't say anything. He just kept looking at the cup. <laughs> and as he raised the cup to his mouth, I was trying so hard to get him to just come back to reality, but I didn't, I was unsuccessful. So I sat on his bed, just silent and wide eyed and watching him. And he took a sip <laughs> and right at that moment, reality punched him in the face and he looked at me like a deer in the headlights before spitting piss all over his closet. He proceeded to freak out, understandably. <laughs> yeah, after we sobered up, he told me that in his alternate reality, he was in 7-Eleven buying a peach iced tea. That's a fucking terrible peach iced tea. I watched this dude drink his own piss, and I married him. We had another kid um, earlier this year, and we just finished buying our house. We've been through so much shit together. I have a ton of stories with this dude, but this one, <laughs> this one always makes me laugh. I hope you found it pretty funny, too. Thank you for putting out such a great podcast, dude. You're awesome. You're awesome. Here's You're awesome. We were smoking wax and stuff. Remember, you stole yeah. wax from the dealer. Oh, I stole wax from the dealer. What? Yeah, from the person who came over to the house to show us. You had him like sneak through the garage oh, or come through the back yeah. door or some shit. Okay, so that wasn't a dealer. That was a dispensary. A dispensary person. Del it was a delivery service, yeah. and he he like accidentally left a bunch of we uh, wax at the. No. Oh, what I stole? No, oh, it right. wasn't like that. You. What? You what? were like, show me this, show me that. And then he put it down and didn't put it back in his case. And then you snatched it. <laughs> oh, no. I'm so shady. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't even remember that. I got to make a But fuck. I don't even give a fuck because wax helped us so much. It helped us so much. I mean, I don't. It's like, I, I guess since I have a responsibility now, it's hard to like say, yeah, I took smoked a lot of weed to get through heroin withdrawal but it's like yeah that shit fucking helped so much like we felt so shitty i don't think i've ever been so dope sick in my life oh i've been more dope sick like that the time in your bungalow was really bad too and the time that we drove to la when my mom sent me money was really bad um yeah that was up here uh that was really, yeah okay so that was really bad but it was i mean looking back now it's kind of funny but at the time it was really sketch you know yeah i remember being i remember i had no bra on and i forget what shirt i was wearing but it was a black shirt 
and it was really thin when I went, when you, I said, okay, wait here. I'm going to, cause we met him in downtown LA and I said, wait here. I'm going to go around the corner. And I met him in the same spot that I had met him before a few times when I was with Steve. So I knew where it was, it was but like some lawyer's office or some bullshit. It was in the like financial district yeah, of LA. downtown. Yeah. And so I go and I get out of the car and I go and meet him and he's like a few minutes late. And I remember the air like blue and my nipples got like rock hard and fuck? I was wet from so much sweating yeah, on my yeah. chest. Yeah. We were sweating profusely. And horrible. you got real, I don't know if you were faking it or like not faking it, but like exaggerating it because <laughs> it's always like that. Like I can tell you from my experiences here in Chicago and yeah. I have done way more dope than you have because you have way more clean time than I do since I last saw you. Yeah. But like, and I've also gone way harder than you have because I had no parental, you know, supervision. Yeah. You know, I've You're... been living on my own. Yeah. And, you know, and then at one point I was homeless. So the only thing I had to do was drugs. And anyways, and I was making like a hundred dollars or more a day. But anyways, what I'm saying is that my point is, is, um, I remember like here being on the Chicago Avenue bus and it runs from, from actually Navy pier all the way to like Austin where I'm at right now in the hospital. But I would always get on it at Chicago and Michigan, which is a really bougie ass area. That's where like the Ralph Lauren store is and all these, you know, Bloomingdale's. So I take it from downtown all the way to the hood, which is about, if you were to be in a car in a taxi, it would take us 20 minutes. But when we take the bus, it takes us like 35 minutes. Sometimes it takes over an hour, depending on traffic and how many stops there are. It was crazy. Or how many people get on. But by the time we were like 10 minutes away from the hood, I would, if I was already really dope sick, I would get way more dope sick. And then by the time we cashed out our merch or whatever, or say we had cash and we went straight to the dealer or whatever, there's multiple dealers you can go to out there. You just walk up to them and they're standing outside by their house or by the block or whatever. And you go and buy it that way. That's how it is. You don't call. And at least out West, you don't. And so, um, you know, you just show up and if that spot's not open, you go to another spot. And, you know, when we were walking to the spot, we'd get even more sick. Like, a lot of it's mental. So I don't know if it was, like, because you were acting way, you were acting more distraught and upset than I was acting, even though I was really sick, too, but I was holding it together more. Wait, when you got back with the dope, you I was acting that no, way? No, like, on the car ride there. Oh, when, yeah. Remember when we got, like... An hour away, we started getting more sick. Well, this is the thing: is first of all, we the night before was so fucking bad. Like, actually, no. Well, yeah, the night before was bad, and we had we went and tried to do. Uh, we went and tried to sign up for the methadone program. Remember that day? And we went, and they were like, we went, did all the paperwork, and went and did all, jumped through all their hoops, and they were like, oh, well, we you can't, can't dose. Yeah, well, you can't dose. It was a Wednesday, and they're like, you can't dose until Friday because uh, that's when the doctor comes back. He's not here today, and he's not going to be there Thursday, so you're going to have to go the rest of today and the rest of Thursday, like, dope sick, and then you'll um, come back Friday, and you'll get your first dose of methadone. So... 
we're like, okay, maybe we can last until Friday. And so, um, nope. yeah, Wednesday night, I got the first night of sleep I gotten in days and we were coming down off the magic. That shit was fucking gnarly to come down off of. And so I, I fell asleep for an hour. And when I woke up, I was just drenched, covered in sweat. The whole mattress was just soaked with my sweat. And then on yeah. Thursday, Thursday, we were taking Kratom and we were, doing dabs of weed and it was helping a little like the Kratom would help for just like a couple hours and the dabs would yeah kind of, the dabs would help a little bit for a, you know but we we're still really sick and just laying in bed and uh you leaned over and you're like we'll front me a bag if we go down there right now and i i like turned over and i thought about it and i was like all right fuck it let's go and we go and i had a half a tank of gas so we're driving. I thought my mom sent me three hundred dollars, and that's when I bought. Yeah, my mom sent me money. Yeah, but that was to get gas after we had already. No, gotten... she had me send me like three hundred bucks because that no, day it wasn't three hundred bucks. Like, we got she, he we fronted you all the dope, and uh, we got your mom's money after the dope because we first of all I, I drove down there and I had a half tank of gas and we have no money at this point we have like some change in like the center console but we're and so Didn't give me money for gas yeah a little bit a little bit so check this out I um, we're driving and we get we get all the way down there I'm and we're dope sick I'm getting more and more dope sick as we're driving and yeah we're, I remember that you were losing your shit well yeah my arms were so heavy and so sore and tired I didn't want to like hold them like you were having a hard time hold... driving yeah I was really dope sick and so by the time we got into Thousand Oaks uh, the fuel light pops on and I'm like, Oh fuck. We still have a ways to get into, uh, to downtown to meet up with. And your mom, you were already on the phone with your mom on the way down who she said she'd wire you some money, but we go down and we go to the Walmart in downtown to get the wire, the money that she sent. And for some reason on that day, that Walmart in downtown, the wire, the money transfer, it was down. It was down. So we're like, fuck. So now we're like, have. Oh yeah. I think I remember this. So we end up going to a gas station. We put in like 65 cents or like a dollar 35. Bogus. <laughs> yeah. And then we drive to downtown and I park at some gas station and you go to get the dope. And I, it was like the longest 10, 15 minutes of my life. I was just. Yeah. Cause I had to wait. I was sweating and shaking and looking around and people were walking in in and out of the gas station, like mugging me. They're like, this dude, I looked like the dude in train spotting when he was coming off yeah. heroin. I was just like, fuck. Yeah. And finally I see you walk up and I'm like, thank God. And, uh, you come in and we, you get the dope and we already have all our shit rigs and cookers. Of course. And we throw the whole fucking bag of magic in. Um, no, it no, was we, magic. No. Yeah. He fronted you uh one bag of magic, which was like 75 bucks or something, you know? Uh, yeah. And that's, a I told you love me. Yeah. He loved the shit out of you. So, um, yeah, I he, stayed with him in a hotel in Koreatown. Yeah. He was actually pretty cool. I wish I had met him, but you know, dude, deal. and he lost a bag of fucking, he lost a fucking, the size of small, of the size of like, uh, a, a fucking tennis ball of, of meth in the fucking car and I was worried that he thought I stole it but he like popped the fucking he went upside down underneath the underneath the fucking and found it the, he 
popped up. No, I don't think he ever found it. He probably didn't even care because, dude, that guy made so much money. He didn't care. No. So, no, I remember we did we did uh, half the bag. We put half, like almost half the bag in, cooked it, and we, we I piggybacked half of what we cooked into another rig, and we shot it up instantly. And, like, I had to wait, like, a good three minutes just to feel like it, uh, any kind of change. But... After that three minutes, I was still dope sick. I was, but just I was less dope sick. So we were like, "Yeah, we got to cook up another one." We cooked up another fat one, and then by that time, I it was enough for us to not be dope sick and be high. And we saved the last of it. We cooked up and we saved for like the a, a little bit later, I think. And, but I remember one time we went down from your folks' house. I, we must have we must have gone down twice to L.A when we were at your folks house because I remember one time I had like $300 and I remember like I wanted to buy a bag of like Coke and I wanted to buy a bag of meth or whatever. But he actually threw me a bag of meth for free because I had bought in like two bags of fucking magic and like four bags of fucking, um, black. Fuck. Yeah. We probably went down there a couple times. I mean, the thing was we used to always have to hit up stoner Steve and uh, then you kind of just started hit, hitting up all by yourself, and then we just went on runs together. It was pretty fucking crazy. It was like yeah, every- it was cool that I got, I got, I got like number myself, and then agreed to meet up with me alone. And he told me one time, one time he got super serious in my face, and I got really scared. He was like, "If you ever fuck me over," he's like you don't want to know the people that I know. And I was like, yes, of course. I mean, he knows the cartel and those people cut off people's heads. He doesn't, they won't fuck around, you know, like the guy who got him arrested. You remember he did like 10 years in jail. The dude who got him arrested, who flipped on him is probably dead. He did 10 years. Yeah. Oh, because he said, cause I, cause I had asked him, I go ahead. Have you ever gotten caught up for this? And he's like, I had somebody flip on me because they got caught with cocaine. And so they flipped on me and I got, you know, caught up and I went to jail for 10 years. Holy shit. Yeah. You know what was crazy about him? He would fucking, he was like the DoorDash delivery of fucking drugs. I know. You would call him. And he delivered, he he delivered to, remember, he delivered, he he sold drugs to the blacklist and to die. So I apologize in advance But One thing I wanted to say before anything Is that DJ Reza 
I fucking love him. I saw him at Monster Massive back in like 2007, 8-ish. And I have a CD of his and I can't ever find any music of his online that even compares to the CD. So it's like one CD that I listen to all the time still to this day. Just thought you should know that. Ironic. P.S. I'm from Utah. <laughs> Utah, Idaho. So, like, I'm not even close to your neck of the woods. So, I just think that's ironic because nobody really knows who that is out here. But some of my crazy stories is more of, like, how we got money to get shit when we were sick. And I worked at this gas station. And so people would come in and they'd get shit. And if they paid with cash, I would just count them back the change and then put the money in the drawer and keep track of how much extra was in the drawer and then just void out their receipt. And then I would just take the extra out of the fucking register and we would drive after I got off work. I'd buy, I'd still pack two packs of cigarettes and then we would drive for three hours total round trip to go get fucking like a gram or two and then go home and then we would do it all over again. And I did that forever. And I had wrecked my car because I fell asleep on my way home. Sick, by the way. I wasn't even high. I was sick. Wrecked my car. So I was in a rental. So the rental, by the time I gave it back, because I had my car for like two, three weeks, I had put like 12,000 miles on this rental. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to have to get rid of this rental when they get it back and stuff. I can only imagine what they thought was what I was doing, driving that much. And then the other one that, well, I guess it wasn't a getting money, but I drove for Lyft to try to make money. And there's a place called The Block where I'm from. And um, basically, it's where all the homeless slash drug dealers hang out. And my boyfriend at the time went to go get us our shit. I'm just sitting in the car while I get rolled up on by this cop. And he asked me what I'm doing. And ironically, I was like a block, like around the corner from this club. And I was like, oh. I just and I had my phone out. I was like, I just drive for Lyft. I'm just waiting for the concert to get over. And he was like, Well, this isn't a very like safe area, so you probably shouldn't wait here. And I was like, Oh, well, I'm just not really from here. I just barely started doing this, and so um, I'll be on my way then. And I like took off and like met my boyfriend around the corner. Um, and he got her shit and we were on our way, but I was shitting bricks. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to jail. I'm going to jail. Fuck, fuck, fuck. But ironically, I'd had my app up. So it like worked perfectly. Um, what else was some crazy stories that I've done? That's all I could think of off the top of my head, but I love your podcast. I love listening to you. I love your real. You've told both sides of the story. I've been there, I've done that, I've tried being sober, I mean, I've slipped up here and there, it's obviously hard, um, I'm good right now, but, I mean, we do just as crazy as shit here in Utah as you do in Cali, I actually lived in Cal. I lived in Fullerton for four years, I loved it, once my kids are older, I would love to go back, but for now, I'm stuck in Podunk, Utah, Idaho, so I hope this sounds good, and thank you for all you do, and I hope everybody out there is doing well. Peace, love, and all the above. Thank you.
have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. That's gross. This is a great tangent. I'm just saying, but... It's a great tangent. But there's some, there's some girls that don't give a fuck. Like, I got this girl, I was dating this girl, and we were on uh, the pier mm-hmm. in uh, Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. This is a public pier, all kinds, there's restaurants on the end of the pier, all kinds of people walk out there, and she's taking me to show me this part of the pier, and she takes me over the... Is, are you talking about underneath the pier? Yeah, the stairs that go underneath the pier. You're not allowed to go down under the pier. There's mm-hmm. stairs that go under there where there's like... Behind the restaurant, yeah. Yeah, and there's like a generator under there or something. Is that what you guys did it? Straight up? She sucked my dick under there. And I'm like, first first of all, we're just hanging out. She's like, look, we're when you're that far down on the pier, like level with the water. So I'm like, all right, I don't want to get wet. You know, it smells like salt water under here. This is not the place you would think about having sex or whatever. Oh, you know what? That's... It's crazy. It's the ocean. Like, it's just like hormones, you know what? bro. Hormones for real. So then she's just like rubbing her her butt cheeks on my groin and like I'm like I know where this is going, obviously. And so then she just turns around and drop gets on her knees, and did she, she fall in the water? <laughs> that would be <laughs> fucking funny. I wish because that makes, that would make the story better. But she starts sucking my dick, and so I'm like, all right, well. So she got a balancing act. Is she is she fit? She was fit. Yeah, I like. I give, it, give it a description. Are you talking about who I think that? you're talking about? I think. <laughs> all right, for what other what other people thought was like she was out of my league. She probably was. I mean, for me, I thought she was pretty good, but she was a freak. You thought that she was <laughs> under your league, and everyone else was like, well, 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 okay, so I had okay. I can talk about this now because I graduated. But when I was in like the last phase of rehab, I had my I had uh, someone let me borrow their secret cell phone. I know it's phase three because you can have a phone in phase four. So I was on the secret cell phone and I was like, I'm going to get on Bumble because that's the easiest dating app for guys because on Bumble, the women have to make the first move. I hate Bumble. Yes. Uh, so I like that because then I'm like, all right, because on Tinder, all so many guys are like, ah, I message them like, hi. And there's like, like you're just going to give me a hi. That's it. Whatever. And so it's like, Bumble. Did they really say that? Bro, who uses, uh, some who girls? uses Tinder anymore, bro? No one is literally all bro- everyone. Well, what? yeah, a lot of people still use literally, it. Literally, I oh, use what? it. Everyone I know uses it. There's more a lot people of people I know use Facebook dating. Yeah, like, Facebook dating got more popular. <laughs> literally, dude, and bro, Facebook good, dating good. sucks. It does. I've never dat. <laughs> I've never up. matched with more single moms from Bakersfield. And no matter how hard I try to do the filter to be like my area only, it's like. And then I'm like, where are you from? I'm from Oildale. And I'm like, where the fuck is Oildale? And then and she's like, oh, yeah. I'm like, what's your story? And it's like, oh, I fucking, you know, my husband, my husband stole my business from me. And, and I, I now I sell Baker's, products. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm in Bakersfield and Shout I hate Bakersfield. Yeah, nothing, I'm not saying anything about Bakersfield, but the people I talk to from They're Bakersfield say they don't like living in Bakersfield. Oh, dude, it sucks out there. It's so bait, I'm not the only one. So, and then one time I was on Facebook dating and this girl was like, she was beautiful, like 10 out of 10. I'm like, why is this beautiful girl talking to me? And then she's like asking me questions. And I'm like, are you? Oh, is she trying to get you on a webcam? No. Oh. But remember that story? <laughs> let's not get into that. Yeah, that's let's, but yeah let's really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she was like, she was like, oh, she was in uh, 
what's that town next to uh, Santa Barbara where the rich people live? Montecito. Montecito. She's like, I'm in Montecito. And she was like, Yo, I just hit the jackpot. Yeah, I was like, rich. rich, beautiful, and from Montecito. And then she's like, you want to hook up right now? And I was like, I was like, you know I'm in Slowtown, right? I was like, I gotta drive all the way to Montecito? I was like, fuck. I don't know. And she was like, yeah, let's hook up right now. And the way she was messaging me sounded like I was reading it. Her message is like she just became a Russian like spy and just like, oh, you come to Montecito and make sweet love to me right now. I demand it. And it was just like, I cannot you? stand you right now. Yeah. No, she was. <laughs> I literally am so embarrassed. For I was like, right this, now. this chick is a robot who wants to harvest my organs. Like she's not real. And I was like, this is a fucking disappointment. So anyway, back to getting my dick sucked in on the pier. I got ADHD, whatever. We got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> like an hour later. So, some real shit, so this girl's sucking my dick on the pier, and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going along with it. I feel like we're secluded, no one can see us. I look up, and the pier kind of bends mm-hmm. around at the end. I look up, and like five fishermen have their poles and they're just watching me getting my dick sucked. Were her. they really? Yeah, well, I'm, and she can't see because she's got her back to them. But I'm facing them, and I'm like... You could see their faces looking at they're me. They're, like, looking what at... What time the, at the day is it? Oh, they, it was... The sun was setting. It was almost nighttime. It was, like, the sun oh, was... Oh, so they can't really... They can so they could shit. see a girl on her knees, right? But they, it's, like, they were a good, like, 50 yards away. Oh, but there's no way they would know that you were... I don't know. They were looking like they, they thought, thought they <laughs> saw something. <laughs> And that, then from that moment, See, I was like, "You really, you really wish." And this is the most off. fucked up. This is the most fucked up part, you right? Let her keep going. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, first of all, you're all fucked yeah. up. Okay, anyway, where the to... fuck was I? Okay. Anyway, so so this is the most fucked up part of the story. Soon as I feel like I make eye contact with one of the fishermen, I bust, and then. <laughs> <laughs> wanted to use this little secret end of the episode to express a few things, especially that it being the month of January, which is the month of my birthday, and my birthday being kind of immediately after New Year's, every year around this time, every year around this time I get incredibly self-reflective on my own life the year before, like how much growth I may or may not have done and where I want the next year of my life to go, what direction I want, what goals I am planning to set for myself. And it is no different when I look at this podcast and reflect on it as 
its own entity, you know, um, where it has started and where it has gone and the plans I have for the podcast in general for the future and where what directions I want it to head into. And so I kind of wanted to just express some of the main goals I have moving forward this year for Nod Squad. And one of a couple of the reasons that kind of sparked this kind of mind state for me. I mean, there was a lot of things, but one thing was uh, the Nod Squad YouTube channel, which I very seldomly uh, upload content to. It got hit with a with a strike because I believe YouTube has updated their TOS, their terms of service. And like one of my first videos, like a three-year-old video where I like sample, I like sampled the Joe Rogan podcast and like Duncan Trussell or someone was um, ranting about drug policies. Yeah, it got, it got flagged and taken down because it talks about, you know, serious subject matter. And in the large grand scheme of things as of right now, ultimately it's not the biggest of deals. It was like a three-year-old video that uh, YouTube thought was fine. And I, I guess this has happened to a lot of people recently. The reason that it drew any kind of concern to me is that this podcast contains what subject matter. And I guess it really is open to interpretation how that subject matter is perce- perceived. Like maybe someone might perceive the stories expressed on here as a means to glorify and promote drug use and abuse, which, you know, by the way, that has never been my intention. Um, it's always just kind of been to tell stories and of, of my and my friend's lives. And uh, the, the viewing audience can kind of take from that what they will. I mean, I openly express it many times to not fall in the same pitfalls that I have, and I would hope other people do the same. But being as it may, it made the whole YouTube strike thing kind of made me take into consideration the fact that other platforms may be updating their terms of service, and because of that, I myself need to grow as a content creator if I want this podcast to uh, survive, I guess you could say. So there's been a lot of things in the background that I've been thinking about utilizing and not like I'm making or planning on making drastic changes to the podcast, but I'm just in hindsight realizing, I guess as a podcaster, that there's things I, I should start moving towards because you you never know I did I the, would never want to wake up one day and see that um I don't know that episodes have gotten taken down for whatever reason whether it be I used a million samples or or the content is just not you know acceptable anymore and and aside from all that and and taking that into consideration Another thing I've been just really self-reflecting on is the overall tone or the message I kind of want to ultimately portray. And I've been really 
self-analytical. I know I've said that like three times too many, but um, kind of just looking at the content, whether it's my stories or, you know, other people's stories. Mainly I look at my own stories and just I'm more questionable at whether I feel comfortable about releasing episodes or stories about my life. And, you know, there's some stories, there's like five episodes, to be honest, that I've worked on and then put on the back burner for various reasons. Maybe I thought I'm going to have to censor the fuck out of this one and I don't have <laughs> I don't have the mental capacity for it. Or it's just a story that is just really personal and I really want, want to take time to, um, I don't know, just shape in a way that doesn't make it look like I'm making a joke of the situation to make it make certain stories that I talk about more serious because they are more serious and because I guess lately I've been it's been very it's been a lot easier for me to tell the funnier stories because I don't know I think the serious stories I I take a lot more thought into what I want to indulge because if it's a gnarly ass story, I mean, ultimately I'm comfortable with sharing it, you know, in a meeting, but on the internet, it's just so it's, it's a weird, surreal thing where I, I've sensed some insecurities of mine coming out. And, um, when that happens or when I'm dealing with issues, or even if I'm dealing with some stupid craving and I'm working on this podcast, I have felt that I need or have needed to put uh, working on the podcast aside to focus on my own betterment or own mental health or own recovery and maintaining my own sobriety. You know, I feel, uh, and maybe other people, I they must feel this way too, I just feel if you put yourself out there online and kind of, you know, reveal vulnerabilities about yourself and especially if you're a content creator and you're talking about your own addiction and your own recovery I feel like sometimes there's this pressure of maintaining a role of that sobriety and I know that is all self-imposed like I do this to myself so I kind of wanted lately I needed time to take aside and really think about who I was as a person and who I, you know, want to kind of, or kind of have some kind of control over how I portray myself or self-control. Because I feel that anyone who talks about their own recovery online, they kind of ultimately place themselves in this title where you ultimately feel this kind of pressure to maintain your sobriety and or at least i have even though i've never been like this role model i've never considered myself a role model and i've never had intentions of like handing out advice or life lessons sometimes throughout the years of doing this podcast i've felt that there is somewhat especially getting out of rehab there's been this pressure to like uphold my sobriety and that I have, you know, (laughs) I'm like this strong individual that can, people can look to. And it's like, dude, that if anything, 
<laughs> this is my podcast. So I'm just really revealing like how fucked up I am internally and that I have some days that are just not as strong as others. Like some days I, I mean, to be honest, some days I have a craving and I'm like, holy shit, it's almost been three years. I sh- like, why am I having craving this uh, intense or why am I having, why am I having any emotions so intensely, whether it be anger or depression or, and in, in times like that, I've definitely put the podcast aside and I've done things that I've known in the past that have worked. And so when it comes to either deadlines that I self-impose on myself to release episodes that stress me out, or whether it's not really knowing how to handle uh, sponsorships that I've recently gotten. Uh, By the way, I believe I mentioned a sponsorship opportunity that was coming up. Heads up, update on that. I just, uh, I never got back. I never got a response again. I think we had some back and forth and I was like, yeah, so what's the offer? And he never got back to me. This was uh, some CBD company that I would have remembered the name of if. <laughs> but, you know, side note, I've, I just want to let you all know, I'm definitely, I didn't have originally intentions of being a podcaster, but throughout the years, I've kind of see, I've seen myself in situations of that of a podcaster where I'm getting emails for sponsorships and I'm not really knowing how to handle it or whether these are good deals or not. Thank God that some other people have, you know, talked to me behind the scenes and have kind of let me know what good sponsorship deals are, what bad ones are, and how to investigate a company, whether they have integrity or whether they're reputable. These are all things you may not know that goes behind the scenes of running a ghetto podcast such as mine. And I never really expected to be thrown into situations like this. And so because of that, because of all these various things that have been on my mind um, that you may not have realized, I've wanted to take at least enough time aside to have a good game plan for making episodes in the future. So, I mean, one uh, big goal is I've been working a lot on in like sound engineering, but I've been working a lot in music creation again, as some of you may know. I've just been, and as soon as I've been getting into it lately, I've, it's just really opened up that this whole new world that I felt like I might have been neglecting. Uh, I just love working on music, whether it's playing on my guitar or um, producing, uh, you know, beats on my on the drum machines I have, or you know, mixing and mastering other people's songs. I really loved it, and I got into it more because I felt like, with the way you know, copyright could be going and the whole gray area of fair use, um, I felt it was just necessary to have my own you know, handcrafted copyright free music. And Marcus is like working on stuff as well. So that will be cool. And that's something, one goal I want to, I'm not really trying to make a big announcement, but it's just like something I'm working on in the background, just so to avoid takedowns possible in the future. And so if I, eh, if there hasn't been an episode like being released in a few weeks, 
I mean, just know I'm doing something in regards to either working on the podcast or working on, you know, there's other projects I have that I've been working on that I don't necessarily know if they would be, you know, nod squad relatable, but things I felt passionate about that I wanted to work on at the same time. And so whether or not that will be tied to this platform, I don't know also. That's another goal. Another goal is getting more guests, uh, like bigger name guests, but guests I am like genuinely and sincerely uh, fascinated towards. You know, I have had plenty of off, you know, emails for people who want to come on the podcast, but ultimately I've held back on that because I just. When it comes to sponsorships and all that, Aaron, when it comes to like selling you on a guest or even selling you on a product, I don't even want to be involved in that unless I know it's like a good product. And I, I don't want to even put anyone on the podcast if I know they're going to be like some self-help guru that's trying to sell you there, <laughs> like get a clean off anything program and buy your supplements or something. It's like... I, I just don't want to be some shill <laughs> to sell you shit that you may not really need. It may not even be f- worth your money at all. It's like if I if I want any, like even the merch thing, for example. It's like if I'm going to make merch, I want it to be the best quality. I want it to be on fabric that lasts a lifetime. Not a lifetime coming. Lasts like a really good amount of time. I want to print logos on fabric that's not going to crack after two washes. You know what I'm saying? I just don't want, if you're going to actually spend money on anything, I don't want to direct you to something that's shit, you know? And then you, I mean, if it were me and I were experiencing that, I would think, oh, integrity's fucked. And, you know, like I, I may have said this, but this whole pressure of um, making money from this podcast, it, it's, it's weird and surreal in itself because this whole creative endeavor of whatever the fuck this is has really just been because I enjoy doing it. And I think the product, I would hope, reflects that kind of um, passion and enjoyment. I feel like, or my fear with myself would be as soon as I took money and this project of creativity and fun, and just like, you know, self-expressionism or whatever. As soon as it became a machine work, you know, it became a job where I'm like relying on it to pay the bills and having to be forced to like entertain, I don't know, that just is, that's a surreal thing, and I think that's another, I don't know, I guess insecurity that's prevented me from putting more into this, I don't know, podcast or project. So, I mean, with that, I I thank you and appreciate you all for listening to me rant for, God, 17 fucking minutes about all the kinds of things that just weigh on the back of my mind, maybe when it comes to this podcast or when it comes to thoughts I have about going forward with this podcast. And I would hope that maybe you all get a better insight or understanding of this podcast in general with this little rant, because I don't want it to go on any longer than that. I feel like I've gotten 
and um, most of everything off my chest that I wanted to express. So, I mean, just know I do plan on releasing episodes pretty regularly in every few weeks. And I don't plan on just burning out and just like, <laughs> I don't plan on disappearing. But the, the times I have kind of been away and not been releasing episodes, I want, I definitely want you to know that I have been taking time to really think about how to make this podcast better for all of you, but also maintaining sanity for my end as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, with that, you know, I have to go to bed. Uh, but yeah, thank you guys for just listening to me rant. And I really look forward to releasing episodes for you all to hear in the future. So hope you're all doing well. And yeah, I love you guys. So take care. fear death. Death is always at our side. When we show fear, it jumps at us faster than light. But if we do not show fear, it casts its eye upon us gently and then guides us into infinity. Infinity.